Architecture Solution Engineering Show in the virtual studio. We have, as usual, Dev Hitting Sidecar. How you doing, man? Doing good. Doing good. It's been a uh, definitely a busy couple weeks. Um, <laughs> it has. In the yeah. day job. and <laughs> Funny you mentioned virtual networking. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so, you know, for full transparency, that seems to be what the world you've been living in these days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, specifically around the Azure bits and in general and try to make them happy and play well with, with one another and stuff like that. So it's been fun. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So, you know, let, let's start off before you jump in down that role of virtual networking. Let's hit a little bit of tech news. Um, let's hit the ground running here. So, uh, you know, one of the first things that are up is the Ignite registration is open. So it seems kind of strange. Like it's like a couple months ago, it felt like we did our Ignite episode. <laughs> Doesn't it? Yeah. It does. It does. It doesn't feel that long ago, I should say. It seems like it's definitely the the yearly uh, milestone for the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, considering everything with the pandemic, uh, they have um, split in the two, which I think is interesting. I think I wouldn't, to be honest, I I don't know if this is they're just thinking for the virtual sense of it with everything going on with COVID. But I wouldn't be surprised if they had once everything goes back to normal and people start going in person to things again that they might split it up a little bit because I I know for you especially for someone who's been to in-person night i'm sure it's a lot to take in Mm -hmm. um from a you know just you know you get drinking from the fire hose all week especially if you're spanning across different you know different product lines and things of that nature it's a lot to take in um so I mean, then you're expected to be expert day one on all these changes. So yeah, so true. I, it's so true. Uh, it's be interesting to see what they cover and how much new stuff we actually get. Um, yeah, yeah. So so I'm gonna put a big asterisk there and say let's let's definitely come back to that after it has occurred because normally what we see is like build occurs and some stuff's released there, build more Cody type things. Then we flip over to Inspire, which is the Microsoft Partner Conference, where that's when we start getting, as partners, we start getting the massive firehose drinking data. Like, this is what's coming. Here's our approach. This is what to look out for. You know, all those all the good bits around that space, right? So having that before Ignite makes our Ignite very useful because we like to couple that with customer events so we can take what we know, take what we've learned from Ignite, bring it together and say, here you go. Um, Here's a whole solution. And this is what we think it means to you and your organization. So, you know, we have our eyes on the partner newsletters and stuff to see if there's anything we might need to know in advance. But, you know, we, we know what we know and we're here to answer questions for you when you have those questions. We know that coming off of Ignite, there's always a deluge of customer questions for the day job um, that makes it um, meaningful. So mm-hmm. it being split and how they handle that is going to be interesting, right? Yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting because, that, you know, obviously I think, you know, Teams has always been the forefront of the pandemic era of uh, Microsoft. Um, sure. And it was already, I mean, it was already trending that way, but it just it accelerated everything. Um, you know, and there's been, you know, there's 
constantly rolling out features and we were just talking about the noise suppression one uh, before the show and you're like oh and then uh, <laughs> i didn't we realize can, that you can change you make your own noise suppression settings and now on teams that's yeah, a 30 30 days of teams that's that kind of an announcement <laughs> yeah, we just yeah. had that episode huh yeah yeah so i, I think it's uh, it's gonna be interesting to see what they do i mean i think um I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I don't, I don't know the uh, Microsoft elves. The elves are working hard in the background to release new features and things like that. I wonder what they're going to focus on this time around. Because I know last time it was about you know you got Azure Orbital. You had the um, I forget the name of the uh, program they were doing, but the one around uh, trying to detect uh, new viruses and diseases. And, oh, yeah, yeah. and I forget the exact. Uh, what they branded it but um so i mean it's gonna be interesting to see how what the framework is the same length as the ignite was back in uh was it september i forget now um <laughs> uh, back in yeah. september um you know 48 hours all, all around the globe so it's gonna be uh it's gonna be interesting to see what they cover and, and see what new stuff comes out i don't know if i can handle drinking from the fire as two two times in the matter of uh, six months um, so, <laughs> well, well, so I mean, normally, normally we do it three times, right? We we normally try to do build, and then we do inspire, and then ignite. So, like within that time frame between build and ignite, it's like what six, seven months, maybe, maybe. I don't know. I have to look at the way you're still doing thing. build too, which is very interesting. Well, yeah. I I agree with that. I agree with that wholeheartedly because that 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 is a community of of its own where there's so many specialties. Where like if they were to go to more the more um, general business lines of like here's your application and here's your you know they're obviously going to touch on developer stuff at ignite um but build is so i mean some of the sessions are just so deep you know they're like yeah. level 1200 for certain types of technologies and things like that so in order to not take that away and that keep that community strong you know it makes sense right yeah no i mean i tend to build uh for the most part last year um and um yeah and no, i mean it build it's focus on developer heavy stuff and even though i do dabble in that realm it you know some of it's definitely out of sight of my depth <laughs> from state right of the holiday in express not a sponsor <laughs> so, so you can code right yeah exactly so i mean uh it's uh you know that definitely has its place and i think you know for people who definitely jump between both of those realms um you know me to a to a lesser extent um, from from how deep I get into the into the development realm. Um, it's going to be a lot. Um, I don't think they announced when build is happening yet. I could be wrong. I don't know if I do. I don't I don't know off the top of my head. Usually, um, it's, it's the first one of the year. It's usually you know, that's usually it's well, it's sometime after Ignite, I would presume, um, yeah. since Ignite's been open. But I'm saying, considering how close they might be, it's going to be a rough month or two for for, 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 uh, <laughs> for, for some folks. So it should, it should be fun. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. One of my favorite segue terms. So thinking of all these conferences and, and events and things that they have, you had put in the show notes uh, a couple of things around tech news. And one of them is they're planning special gaming cloud and Windows events in the upcoming months, right? That's a Verge yeah. article you picked up on? <clears throat> Yeah, no, I, I picked up on as I was, you know, we're perusing the the interwebs for uh, different topics for the show today, and I came across this one, and um, it's interesting because I think you know, with you know, with the pandemic, everyone has had to innovate and change how they do certain things, mm-hmm. um, and this is you know one of these you know is from the Microsoft conference standpoint, conferences in general from the various different big tech companies, um, you know, I think it's a. Uh, yeah, they're adjusting to um, how they want to, um, you know, they're 
they're still gonna have their big ones with build and things of that nature, but they're gonna then focus on, um, you know, these separate events are gonna highlight what its product changes mean for the entire product category, if you will. So um, it's more so along the line of, yeah, we're gonna drink, you're gonna drink from the fire hose, okay, these are what the announcements are, but then we're gonna go deeper into, you know, into what these actually mean for your product line. And I guess maybe a little bit mix of a blend of Inspire and Ignite, but at a deeper level, um, you know, for the different product lines and categories. Yeah, so it harkens back to the days of old when there was, uh, you know, the um, tech uh, the, the tech conference, and then there was the management conference, which was MMS, and then there was the developer conference, and then there was the SharePoint conference. Like, each one of the lanes had their own thing, and, like, you're buying a plane ticket, the you know, just conference it, if you know, and, and spread the word and, you know, evangelize on behalf of your company or pick up knowledge, like, multiple times throughout the year. And they boiled them all down, you know, to, to to tech from the tech ed to this what we now call ignite right so there was build and ignite it's like there was like every arm the developer car like there's all these arms and i think they've it looks like they're going back to that and it's sustainable in that methodology now because it is virtual and it doesn't have that heavy reliance on travel and getting to a city and you know being away from work for you know a week because it was you know five days you know for each one of them so like businesses would have to pick strategically who they sent where and how much and now because of the way they're doing it it looks like they're opening it back up to those lanes yeah, yeah, and I, and I would even say to take it further, it's not just focusing in the business realm too. It's focusing in the gaming realm, which is yep. obviously huge for them, um, with the different things they're trying to do with uh, Xbox and XCloud um, as well. So yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see, like you know, it's uh, just a little bit of blurb. It was, you know, as far as the you know they're going to have these separate events, um, but you know, it, you know, and I also think from even just uh, from a timing standpoint, you know, as far as you know. From a tech, or from our point of view as technologists, like the amount of time that we have to dedicate to, you know, review these changes if we can't attend in person or if we do attend in person mm-hmm. and things like that. You know, ignite it. You know, I remember when we did ignite in September, it was just a. It was basically the whole week was basically taken up yep. for the for for, for the um, most part. So I'm hoping that isn't the same case with ignite coming up. But also then you have these other small events where you might get deeper into the product lines, and you know what it mean. You know, different. You know messaging and things like that it's going to be a lot um to handle from our perspective as consultants and people who run different organizations to see hey what's going on do we need to attend this event well how's it how important is it since they're shifting like this it's going to be a bit of a crapshoot i think from a organizational standpoint okay who are we sending in the what are they going to come back and debrief the entire team uh you know with the changes and you know, do like a virtual lunch and learn or something yep. you know and it's the stuff like that it's gonna be interesting to see how orgs handle that yeah, absolutely. And the the other thing to keep in mind is that, you know, uh, we're your channel for all things uh, that happen in that space. So if you can't make it or if you were just cursorily dipping in and out of stuff, we will definitely have some content and uh, things centered around that. If, if you recall, if you're a longtime listener, we did like a week of recording every day, right? Or like three days in a row or four days in a row we did recording. <laughs> and we summed it up with the, the big episode having, having you know, a bunch of guests on. And it feels really weird. 
you know, we were coming off specials and then like, we're talking about having another one. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's like super yeah. crazy weird. But you know, the, the point is, is, is we, we just don't want to showcase like, Hey, look what we know. We want to showcase like this technology makes a difference. And this is, this is the messaging that's out there and this is what it might mean for you. And mm-hmm. if you have an opportunity to check it out, please do, or, you know, reach out to us and let us know if you have questions, we can help you with that, you know, kind of a thing. That's, that's what the important is. Importance is, is, is like focusing on that technology, right? Yeah. So, no, I, yeah, we, we can we can spit fire on Azure and Office 365 all day long, but it's a matter of what it means for your organization and yep. how you know what does it pertain to you, what services are important for you. Yeah, um, you know, it's always the, the I think for us the biggest messaging to our clients. Yeah, absolutely. So so I'm going to take our next thing that you put in our in our show notes here, and I think it's too charged, so we'll just mention it and move on. <laughs> so so Xbox pricing uh, is like going crazy different ways. You know, they're 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 doing stuff at the pricing and as you put it pitchforks are coming out so let's just skip over that and let's talk about something else like bezos stepping down from amazon ceo and aws chief jassy taking over let's just real quick dip in on that so uh jassy has long run the aws bit and and you know we don't know what the motivation is this is not a financial show this is not a you know uh, a partisan like boo look what they are doing you know whatever it, it, i think this this was big news you know i have an alert for certain things that happen that bloop on my computer and this is one of those ones was like bloop and it didn't go away (laughs) (laughs) so it's definitely big news and um you know, AWS has has made a groundswell, you know, since the inception first in in the space, in the cloud space, um, uh, first to ship books effectively, you know, they changed the way, you know, we think in and we purchase day to day. So, um, you know, hats off to that. Any any comments you want to put around that? Um, no, I, I think it's interesting because, you know, I know uh, Sataya, um ran the Azure cloud business before it became the CEO of Microsoft. Um, so I think it's really interesting that you see the people who are running the respective cloud computing businesses of these organizations that are now being handed the keys to the entire kingdom. Um, it, you know, I think it's a, it speaks to, obviously, I think, you know, cloud computing is definitely one, if not the biggest lines of revenue for these organizations. And also, you know, you know, they're overseeing the biggest p- the biggest piece of the pie, if you will. So they're given the keys of the kingdom for the, the uh, rest of the kingdom. So, you know, I think it's it's an interesting thing to look, to look at from that standpoint. Absolutely. So right now we're actually going to to pause and we're going to hear an announcement. And um, so stay tuned with us. Let's hear out the announcement and then we'll see you on the back on the other side of that announcement. So listeners, you might remember a couple of shows back, we had Dean Campbell from Aspirant on the show. At that time, we gave a quick peek, a look under the hood, or a glimpse around the corner, if you will, into some things changing with the day job, otherwise known as Taste Labs. Well, we are excited to announce that the merger is complete, and yes, Taste Labs is officially part of Aspirant. To refresh our listeners, Aspirant is a management and technology consulting firm that is focused on delivering sustainable results. TACE has always taken a unique approach to our projects, and similarly, the Aspirant management consulting teams differentiate themselves from the big firms by integrated expertise and an innovative approach 
which creates a much stronger value proposition, and that leads to successful results. At Taste, we have always focused on repeatable and sustainable results, which is why these differentiators are just a few of many reasons that Taste and Aspirant was a really great match. The full Taste team will be joining Aspirant, and a new practice has been formed, the Microsoft Cloud Solutions Practice. Our cloud capabilities complement the existing digital and technology team, which is currently focused on app development, systems integration, and master data management. By adding our solutions in Azure infrastructure, modern workplace and SharePoint, data and AI, and Microsoft security, we will be able to bring increased value to new and existing customers. In upcoming shows, we'll bring Dean Campbell back on the show to dive deeper into these offerings, how they complement each other, and how existing clients can benefit from this merger. You can learn more about this exciting new venture by following the link in the show notes. And of course, don't forget to check out Aspirant.com and follow Aspirant on LinkedIn. In fact, if you get a chance, take a look at the new commercials that were just released and vote for your favorite. Personally, I think I like the goat, but my kids like the zombie more, I think. And now, back to the architects and the rest of the show. So, Dev, what do you think of that announcement? I think it's great. Been interesting. We've, you know, we've been working behind the scenes a little bit around all this type of stuff right now uh, with uh, with um, Aspirant, um, and it's been it's been a fun thing. I think it's uh, the Aspirant's been great. It's been uh, it's been interesting and, and and fun working with them so far. We're definitely excited to see what happens. And so, so like as we run this show, we have our, our landmark sponsor of Aspirant. You know, we're looking to bring additional uh, additional guests and experts on to help you out and, uh, you know, spread that enterprise knowledge. Uh, so th- th- let's let's get on with our next topic, our only topic left for the day. Normally we try to string out three, but this one might be a loaded charge topic. And because we've had two specials in a row, we want to be sensitive to your time. So so let's let's just dive headfirst into to networking in the cloud. Um, aside from you probably despise it at this point because you're doing a lot of it. Um, it, it is necessary and there's process and thought behind, uh, you know, cloud networking. And, you know, it, it, it is one thing to have networking knowledge and ability and skill in, in traditional networking. It's another thing to be able to extend that to the cloud and what that means. And, you know, how do you get from A to B doesn't change. You know, you know, a class B address space is a class B address space no matter where it's at, how you handle it and how you traverse and how you approach different things inside of the cloud. That's that's where it's not an art. It's not a science. It's, it's just pure, it works this way kind of a thing. Uh, yes, there's multiple ways to accommodate or, or to accomplish the same thing, but Cloud networking tends to stumble people up now and again, especially when they start thinking of things uh, in a traditional sense. So just let's rewind and, and start from the top again and say a lot of people make that first step into the cloud and they create a VNet, right? Yeah. And they put a bunch of workloads in there and they're like, okay, so we have this other workload we want to put out there. So they go into their Azure subscription. Drop another VNet. <laughs> then they say, yeah, I like how you're giggling there. Hopefully that picks up because you know what's going to happen. You know what I'm about to say next, right? <laughs> and then they have this stark realization that, okay, I have this address space and this VNet now. And, you know, they don't talk together, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. So there's things you need to do to let them talk together. And then, you know, sometimes when you choose to do things in that way, um, just to have your workloads talk to each other might actually cost you money. Right. <laughs> Definitely. So, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> So you have to be careful on like what you choose, how you choose, and then how do you get at it. So, so uh, again, that was just a, a real high level area where something so simple like okay, we're going to put this address space on a VNet and put that mm. address space on a VNet, and then oh yeah, we want it to be routable, but no, you're routing it to the internet. You're not routing it to each other. They are walled off from each other. There's a lot of different considerations. So, so to kind of boil that up to a higher level for those who are probably, if you're not into networking, you're probably like, yawn, fast forward. Uh, <laughs> please don't, because this is a super important. In order to deploy anything to the cloud, you need to do one, add it to a resource group, and two, wire it into into a network. You know, you have to give it access, right? So you have to yep. think out from an architectural perspective what needs to go where. Now, inside that VNet, you can have multiple address spaces. You can do all kinds of, you know, crazy things. Um, you can have DMZs within. You can have edge routing and edge firewalling, you know, between devices and, and scoping out your classes uh, to not talk to each other all within the same VNet. There's things you can do like a traditional network would do within that VNet and still have that same security level. But just keep in mind that, you know, when you start putting resources out there, it's not as simple as just like dropping a VNet for everything you want to put out there, right? Do you have any, anything to bring? I know you've, you've You've seen a lot of this <laughs> in the past, right? Yeah, no, I, I past, present, and future. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, as for someone who actually dabbled in cloud networking before, I've had to look at on-premises networking. I come at it from a different perspective, and I definitely agree that you know, especially if we're talking about an entire organization um, and not just focusing on you know one solution that someone's trying to stand up, it is critically important that you plan out your address spaces and your all your VNets that you need, what needs to talk to what, because if you just shoot from the hip and you know you just start standing stuff, stand stuff up and put it in, putting it into production, you're going to cause yourself headaches later down the line because then, oh, we realize this VNet needs to talk to this VNet, but the address spaces overlap. You're kind of, you know, you kind of have to go back to the drawing board, redeploy new VNets with different address spaces, move your resources over. And as we all know, sometimes moving stuff between different virtual networks isn't the easiest thing in the world you know we're talking about you know or subscriptions for that matter or 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 subs as well you know i think you know when you definitely is organizations big and small when you're taking that first step into you know whether it be azure aws or whatever the case may be um it's important to look at what you got look at where you think you might be going and plan accordingly and not just shoot from that i think the important bit is that you make sure you have a vision of what you would like it your final solution to be um or uh, there's really no final because it's always evolving <laughs> right it's yeah. more it's more like what what the what the desired configuration for a production rollout of your solution should look like and then what you need to do to get there and create that reference architecture so everything that's deployed in between you know comes true right making sure yeah. that everything from how you handle your networking in your networking space uh, is is properly allocated so you know when you look at it from a traditional infrastructure perspective you're going to want to you know you'll sharpen your pencil and you'll do your pull out your subnet calculator and figure <laughs> out that these spaces are for this and these spaces are, well you're gonna have to kind of do the same thing but how you deploy it in the ways you put the controls around it and what can be on it that's that's the differentiator 
Yeah, no, I, I 200% agree. And also, you know, coming out from a cost standpoint as well, you know, you don't want to, you know, to have those, you know, networks talking to, to one another, whether it be peering or through a gateway. Um, you know, we're specifically talking about Azure at this point. You know, I think it's important to, you know, to make sure that, you know, you're paying for that data that, you know, transverses those gateways and mm-hmm. you know, it's important to be able to structure you know there's different types of base models you can do ha ha you can do hub and spoke so you don't have to deploy multiple gateways across different vnets and everyone can use the same uh same virtual gateway um you know through peering or whatever the case may be you know so it's important to understand that you know some organizations may not want to take the time to or spend the money to uh plan out their architecture because they think it's a waste of time maybe and they can just you know shoot from the hip and they'll be okay because you have you know gobs and gobs of address space out there that you can that you, <laughs> that, that you can use um but you know at some point it will bite you in the butt um and you know it's important to you know if you can design it right and keep costs down and you know spend that maybe a little money up front it'll save you a lot, a lot of pain and headache in the long run yeah, I tend to agree with you. So in order, you know, we have multiple types of listeners. So we got our, our people that are just kind of interested in tech that like to pick up on some of the commercial stuff or or how like devices interface with an enterprise. And we got our, our hardcore IT pros who are like, oh, yeah, give me more of this like, you know, wrench turny stuff, right? And then there's the business side. And and I think we, we touched a little bit on all those areas, right? So from, from an IT pro perspective, you're going to want to make sure that you have, you know, you're, you're, you're considering all the possibilities of what's going to be there. How's it going to live? Where's it going to go? And I think from a business perspective, for those who are part of the business uh, world who like to listen in on our messaging, I think one of the things we want to definitely keep in the back, impress into your mind and your memory is that, you know, it's very nimble and agile and quick to be able to just do stuff in the cloud. And I think the success will come from having that vision of what it should be. And and it, you might not necessarily need to have that vision, but empower your people to have a vision and build a reference architecture around it. And then make sure that, you know, that plan is something that is a plan. It's not just, okay, it's the Wild West. And we kind of put <laughs> some controls in place to make our CFO feel good because we're not going to have runaway services costing us it's got to be it's got to be functionally um appropriate too right yeah yeah now we see it all the time in organizations not just for azure but like office 365 as well and microsoft 365 you leave group creation on and boom all these services start (laughs) popping up everywhere and every it's running around with their hair on fire help us (laughs) Uh, (laughs) they have no visibility into what's being used or they just see it's being used they don't know what's being stored there whatever the case may be and same thing with azure i mean yeah i mean the speed with which you can stand stuff up for i would say 90 percent of it there's some stuff that takes a little bit to tear down and build up but um, you know, you could build up a full, a fully uh, red, redundant and highly available solution in a day. And uh, especially if you have the code already built out and you just got to build out the the the, uh, the, uh, bits in, the bits in Azure to stand up the VMs, the services, whatever you want to, however you want to deploy it and, and, and build it. You know, I, you could stand up a whole thing within a whole day and have services running. And then people are trying to figure out why are we getting charged just five, six thousand dollars a month? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> For and the services goes, they're being turned on. Yeah, for sure. And, that, and, and again, just taking it another step away from the networking side of it and talking more to the business people uh, who may not be IT pros, you know, 
turning the wrenches and deploying all the stuff and flipping the knobs and and making the the technical bits happen is like you know I said have a vision and have a plan and 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 it's an evolving thing forever. One of those areas is cost management, right? And in, in one of the areas that can explode is turning a service on. <laughs> and not realizing that the cost is what the cost is going to be or properly allocating, you know, the the due diligence into is this the right Personal service experience. per cost, right? What, what's that? Personal experience with that. <laughs> <laughs> Firewall. Yeah. <laughs> and they go back and beg the Microsoft gods, please. <laughs> Give me my money back. <laughs> I turned the file on and I forgot about it. <laughs> uh, that happens ever so often, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so it, it comes to – that's kind of our philosophy. And then when we start looking at networking, um, it's more than just like, oh, we have – we can connect stuff together. It's like, well – how do I harden it and how do I secure, you know? So again, one of our listener lanes is um, security minded folks and CISOs and things of that nature. So, you know, I have a lot of security veins in my blood or in my body. And one of the things that always comes to mind is, is always on the top of mind is like, how do we secure things? And, you know, it's, it's not as easy as putting an NSG, which is, you know, a security group together to say this can happen and that can happen. You've got to have an in-depth solution to answer security, right? And it starts with how do you harden the box or the service that you're using? Then how do you harden the access to it? How do you harden the ingress and egress of that data? and then control and marshal that and you have that hardening along the way you still need to report on it and you also need to have logs and information on it from an operation operational perspective because if something's not working or something is working and you need to get data and find out why or how or how did bad actor x get into my system too you know you need to have that information and there's things inside of azure that helps that for all aspects including networking right yeah, no, I, I think uh, I, I forget. It was, it was some time offline where you mentioned that the, the closer you can get to securing something, or without with preventing it from being uh, being hacked, uh, was uh, turn it off, unplug it, bury it in the backyard. Uh, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> like a six foot hole, pour concrete vault. <laughs> Put it in there. Yeah. No electricity. And even then, it may not be fully secure. Um, exactly. Yeah. If it has a Wi-Fi card and there's a way to inductively <laughs> make it run from electricity, then you can still get at it, right? <laughs> yeah. So I, mean, I, I, yeah, I think a lot of times in a lot of nowadays that we say that you know it's not a matter of when or it's not a matter if it's a matter of when and you know i think you know you, you obviously put out all the different controls you can in place from you know firewall nsgs log retention to have data about what happened you know and i think especially when those you know things when you look at you know okay we got compromised what happened to have those logs of you know different of all the different events that have been happening across your you know your your flow logs for your network your operating system logs for the different resources you have turned on um, logs app insights uh, app insights you know all the different logs for the different resources and services that you're using in azure or whatever cloud computing service you're using is highly important to understand and you know and I, and, and have it configured you know especially if you turn on something and letting it live out in the world for for prod use or whatever, you know, it, it's definitely important if you're exposing it to the public that you, you know, you have all those different bits turned on and hardened and you have, you know, it, it's going to happen to everyone. It's a matter of can we identify what happened and then remediate from there. 
Absolutely. I, I am a thousand percent on board with that mentality. And, you know, let's uh, let's bring this topic down to a close here by kind of like giving a, you know, recapping some of our thoughts. Again, it's like we're saying networking. Yeah, we'll give you a how to. We'll, you know, engage with you from a project perspective to help you there. I think what we want to impose on you is the importance of of one planning it, making sure planning the networking, making sure that it has everything that you need. Uh, it's going to accommodate what you need to do now, plus growth, because the last thing you want to worry about is, you know, having to redo a lot of rework to make things grow. So let's plan out from an operational what where things go logistically, um, how we're going to get at it, how we're going to maintain it and monitor it, what what's going to get access to it from a network perspective, you know, harden it as much as you can from a service perspective. That's a show unto itself from a service and or application perspective. But then, you know, slap that NIC on, put that NSG on, make sure you have the firewalls in place. Make sure that you have ingress, egress. If you're doing VPNs, make sure that you're, you know, handling certificates and securities in a best practice manner. And then, you know, there's always that other thing that we always like to fall back on is like, sometimes the best password is not having a password or having mm -hmm. a certificate and having it handled with Key Vault, you know, so a yeah. service like that exponentially helps, you know, with the security aspect of it. So, you know, it's going to try your, you can, you can put things in place when it tries to access your network and say, okay, do you have the right security? Check this, check it out of Key Vault, make sure it's doing the right thing. And, and, and you have that visibility into it. I think that's the key key takeaway from all this. Yeah, yeah. I think you know from a methodology we use in the, in the, we use in the day job, you know, strategize, architect, and operate. You know, I think you know, the, and it's a constantly evolving thing, and you know, it applies to you know the bits in Azure and and bits everywhere else. Um, and, and to do that, you know, it's you have to, you have to constantly evolve, constantly reevaluate plan, reevaluate plans that you have in place, policies, the whole nine, and, and making sure those bits are always turned on. And there's always new features being turned on and this era now with cloud with cloud uh, cloud uh, co uh, uh, cloud computing um, so you know it's always you know reevaluate can we do this a better way um, from a hardening standpoint or you know new features for log at, for seeing logs and things of that nature you know so I, it's always important I think that that's a huge piece as well cool Agreed. Agreed. So that being said, um, you know, the, uh, coupled with our good news of of the merger of the day job taste labs and aspirant, um, you know, again, we're super excited about that. So please check the show notes for links to aspirant.com and to the, the LinkedIn page and check all of that out because, you know, this show is possible, made possible by, you know, um, not just pouring out of our brains what we wanted, what we want to do, but the support of, um, you know, a bunch of organizations and, and sharp people that come out of Aspirant. So so we appreciate that and um, check all that out in the show notes. And next week is a standard week. I'm thinking uh, we're going to keep uh, our flow here where the first two weeks is going to be rotating topics and we got our data download and then our collaboration corner. So stay tuned to us, subscribe us, share us, and stay tuned for more updates. Have a good day, everyone. Is brought to you by Aspirant. We aspire, together we achieve. This production is for information and entertainment purposes only. Not all technologies and items discussed are compatible with your system or specific configuration. Your knowledge may vary. Consult a professional before trying anything discussed on this show. Visit show notes for relevant information and links. 